Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Committed Youth Podcast, the official podcast of the high school student ministry of Calvary La Habra in La Habra, California. I am Kevin Melgar, and today I am here to introduce today's episode. Uh, we are on episode 32, and for today's episode, we wanted to take some time and address a bit uh, of a more serious topic, the topic of suicide. We want to make sure that we are addressing it on this podcast, and and we have addressed it before. Um, today's episode, we will actually be revisiting uh, one of our previous Committed Youth Live recordings that we did uh, during 2020 and during all the craziness of the pandemic. The conversation that was between Jay Vallejo, our youth pastor, uh, Kayla Cook, who you should be familiar with if you've listened to any of our previous episodes, uh, as well as Brandon Garcia. Uh, and also a student that we've had on the podcast before, uh, Christian Nagiri. So they were sitting around a table having this discussion uh, for one of our Committed Youth Live events in 2020. But hopefully, as you guys listen to this conversation, um, take a listen to it. It it can be an encouragement and uh, a resource for you guys in regards to any of you who may be listening and may know someone who is struggling in this area, uh, may have had loved ones who have struggled in this area or or may even have any ideas or any thoughts related to this yourself. So as we pick this up, uh, there is a bit of a discussion regarding social media and Kayla begins to talk about um, kind of the effects that social media has had in this area uh, related to suicide. Uh, let's transition into listening to this previous discussion that we had on today's episode of the Committed Youth Podcast. think that in the recent years there's been this comparison that you have that you didn't have before mm-hmm. because in you know the 90s whatever when some of us were alive <laughs> growing up um you didn't have technology you weren't on instagram 24 7 you didn't have any information about your friends lives unless mm-hmm. they shared it with you directly and so it's like i didn't know if so and so went on this vacation to the maldives yeah. i didn't know this person had a nice car or nice clothes or whatever. I wasn't comparing myself to other people mm-hmm. constantly. And it's just in front of your face. And so I think that that's one of the factors that affects the youth specifically. But um, as far as like the older people, yeah, I mean, as, like you, you do see a lot of hopelessness on the Internet. And, yeah. Well, I've seen I've seen some and heard about a number of platforms where they've encouraged bad behavior and encouraged people to attempt certain things, which resulted in suicide. Mm-hmm. And so you think about like you know, this, these things can be used for good. Like again, we're trying to use technology for good, but definitely can be used for evil. Now, you mentioned something. I know another statistic that you didn't mention uh, right now, um, but went through a recession Oh yeah. in 2008. And what, what did you find in regards to that in relation to suicide? Yeah, so I was watching the news a few weeks back, and I was just shocked by um, something that they mentioned that in the last time we had a recession, which was around 2007, 2008, that there was an increase in the United States of about 10,000 people that year committing suicide. So it went from, you know, 38,000 to 48,000, which is mm-hmm. quite a jump. And so, yeah, that was in, and that was just economic. That was just an economic recession. So today we're looking at uh, economic plus we have the threat of a pandemic. We have the threat of a pandemic that is potentially a, can affect anybody. And so if people are obviously locked in their homes and just on a, on a lockdown. And, but with this impending threat of, of this virus coming in and, and possibly killing somebody. So you have this dual threat. 
So we don't know how that's going to play out this year. But if we're looking at the recession and just the economic crisis causing 10,000 more people than normal to commit suicide, and this this year has to be definitely something to watch in that regard as far as how people are going to respond and react to what is happening. And so those are alarming statistics, and it's just hard to imagine. Now, um, now the Bible does talk of, have a couple of examples of some that have committed suicide, taken their life, let's say. And so what are some of the, the examples that are in the Bible that we can just maybe talk about a little bit and, and kind of just describe and, and analyze? Well, one that I've noticed recently, being that I'm reading through in the one year, we're reading through First um, and Second Samuel, is on the life of Saul, mm. right? Where he is positioned in the state where the enemy is about to come in and take his life, and he'd rather take his life as opposed to the oncoming um, enemies taking it and doing worse, right? Torturing him mm. or whatnot. So he asked his armor bearer to take his life. His armor bearer chose not to, and so Saul decides to take his own life. Yeah, so so we have Saul in the Old Testament uh, doing that. He, there's this impending threat of these getting captured by the Philistines and them, who knows what they're going to do, going to torture him, and, and so he ends up falling on a sword. Uh, we have another uh, example in Samson. So Samson there, if you got uh, the story of Samson, he's the strongest man uh, there is alive, and, and at the end of his life, he, they position him in between two pillars, uh, there's 3,000 Philistines above, on the platform above him, and he pushes these pillars out, and the building collapses on him, but in it collapsing on him, 3,000 people died. And so that was a, another example that we had talked about. And then uh, uh, the third example, uh, Judas. And so what happens with Judas there? Well, we know that after Judas um, betrays Jesus, he you know, realizes what he's done and he takes the money that he was paid to turn him over and he takes it back to them and is like, Hey, I don't want any part of this. And they're like, Hey, too bad. That's your choice. You did it. It's done. He's dead. (laughs) And Judas is like overcome with guilt and like, you know, imagine if you just turned in your best friend and you watched him get murdered, like rough. So the guy goes out and he hangs himself. And, um, yeah, we were kind of talking about that earlier today too. Mm -hmm. And how, um, just the circumstances there, um, he wasn't running from an enemy. He wasn't fleeing an alternative solution. He was running from God. He didn't want. Um, he didn't want to have to face the Lord this side of eternity, which is just yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah. So there's three examples, and there's a couple other examples, but we want to talk about those three because those are some of the three examples that come up often uh, in talking about suicide, how and whether or not the Bible uh, talks about the subject. And so in the, in the case of of Saul, uh, he's escaping from an enemy and, and knows that there's he's going to be captured and possibly a worse death. Now, you know, when, when we talk about the subject and we're, we're talking about it, we're not here to completely determine, okay, yeah, he was completely justified in, in his actions or not, because sometimes we can look at those and say, well, I don't, I don't know if he's justified in those actions. And one of the, the thoughts that I had and you know, I was I was alive, and, and back in <laughs> in the early uh, two thousand um, during nine eleven, and I remember that morning the getting a call from my my mother and saying, "Hey, turn the news on. You might, might want to look at this." And 
and seeing the first plane had already hit the, the World Trade Center, one of the two towers, and, and was burning, and then as I'm watching, the second plane hits. And, and so you're watching all that, and you just can't believe, like, what is going on? Um, so I remember seeing all that, and I go into the church, and everybody's glued to TVs. We're all watching and trying to see what's going on. Now, in, in all that, you know, 3,000 people or so die, but there were people that were jumping out of out of some windows and you know horrible images and, and just images that you never forget and 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 people may look at that and say well and i kind of relate it to maybe similar situation to saw where people justified in, in jumping out of windows and i i don't i don't know I mean, we're talking about this is like okay well you know i've never been in a burning building with fire under me and and it collapsing and you know what how is how are you going to react in that situation you you know people are dying around you and and so i you know some of these things we can't make a, a judgment call on other than the fact of it's a little bit different than what we see with samson and and judas because samson was an act of sacrifice you was they're fighting against the enemy, and he, he gave his life up to uh, to destroy a good majority of the Philistines. Judas, on the other hand, was a different case. And why is that different? Why is what Judas did different than, than what we see? For Judas, I feel like his was different because he had no real reason, or like good reason, to justify why he should kill himself. Like Even though he did feel all the guilt from turning in Jesus, like, that doesn't mean that he should go off and go kill himself just because he did that act. Like, he could have lived on and try and deal with that pain, but he decided to take the easy way out and kill himself. Well, imagine if he had waited three days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> different yeah. story. Yeah. Would have been a different story. But, yeah. I mean, what you were even saying is that Jesus gave him every opportunity beforehand to turn yeah. back from that course of action, and he pursued it to the very end. And so, yeah, yeah it's, it's... It wasn't just that moment. It, it wasn't was. just the, the last, his last moment. As you read through the Gospels, yeah, you can see even Jesus gave him opportunities. Like, hey, the person that's going to betray me is sitting right next to me, mm -hmm. right? Um, but even with all those signs and everything, walking with Jesus, it wasn't just in the moment where he decided to end his life. It was a build. It was continual. Yeah, I mean, the Bible says that he was, he was against him from the beginning, that he was against the Lord from the beginning. And, and it just played out in his life. And so uh, him... Him doing that final act, uh, that final act of suicide, was really him running from God, which he had continued to run from God his whole life of what we saw in the Gospels. And even when Jesus, again, is coming to him on the Last Supper and saying, hey, one of you is going to betray me. And they're asking him, hey, who is it? And he's like, right here, the guy who's sitting next to me, he washes his feet, does all these things, and then finally says, go do what you have to do. You know, we, we read in, in um, Romans chapter 1, and there's a number of examples, but Romans chapter 1 uh, says that, that God will get people over to, to a debased mind. When people continue to reject the Lord in their life, that he will commit them to their desires. And at that point, he will give them up to that, just like with Pharaoh. Pharaoh hardened his heart, he hardened his heart, then God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Um, but it wasn't God just coming in and hardening Pharaoh's heart. It's not God hardening 
Judas's heart. They continue to harden their own heart, and then God just will affirm somebody in that. God will finally say, okay, my grace has been extended to this, uh, to the point of which there's no return. Um, and so, you know, and we want to talk about that a little bit because when people ask, like, okay, well, will suicide send somebody to hell? And that's a question that we got uh, a bunch of times. You know, can somebody still go to heaven if they commit suicide? Um, what is the sin what sins, sins, what sin, what sends us to hell? What is that? The one unforgivable sin that Jesus mentions is denying the Holy Spirit. So, okay. like, and he doesn't, yeah. And what's it called? You know what the scripture calls? Uh, no, the unpardonable sin? The unpardonable sin. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And so, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, and you can find that in Matthew chapter 12 um, and verse 31. What happens is, they are challenging Jesus. And he's doing miracles, and they're saying that he casts out demons by, by the power of Beelzebub. So by the power of Satan, that's how he's able to do what he's doing. And Jesus says, you know what? He says, uh, he who is not with me, in verse 30, uh, is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters abroad. And he says, therefore I say to you, every sin and, and blasphemy will be forgiven men. But blasphemy against the Holy Spirit... Uh, will not be forgiven. And anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either, either in this age or in the age to come. And so what is he saying here? What he says is that it's possible to reject, just as they were rejecting Jesus and, and questioning him and, and, and having an issue with him. And some people have issues with the Bible and issues with God. And he says that can be forgiven people because people have an opportunity to repent and to, and to change. But when people reject the Holy Spirit, he says there's something different. And, and what is he talking about? What is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? What, what is that referring to? And it's just denying salvation. It's den Jesus is saying everyone that comes to him right, will be saved. But it's you choosing not to accept Christ. Um, one thing I was reading is... Like if you've got cancer, right, or a serious illness, and the surgeon, the only surgeon that can help you comes to the room and wants to give you the antidote that can cure you, and you choose not to accept that antidote. So it's not that the surgeon can't save you, it's that he won't save you because you're telling him not to. You're rejecting him. Okay, and so what's the role? We read a lot about the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, and, and what's his role? What is, what is his role? What, how does he work amongst us and believers and non-believers? What's his role in the world? Wow, well, we just talked about this, I feel like, recently on one of the panels where, or maybe it was a Sunday or Wednesday, I don't know. They're all We've been together. talking about it. <laughs> We've been talking about it, um, where the Holy Spirit's role, even in non-believers' life, is to convict of sin. Mm -hmm. And that's his role. And then to comfort and to teach and to, you know, he, he, he yeah. comes, he's with us, upon us, and working through us and everything. Um, but yeah, the conviction happens even when you're not walking with God, even if you're not he's not living within you he still convicts us of sin yeah one of the one of the names i remember from scripture is he's our counselor he's our helper and so if you have a counselor your counselor is going to convict you your counselor is going to tell you what you're doing is wrong in hopes to give you that advice that you would seek and you would take and run with it yeah and he's going to direct you to what is right and what is what the holy spirit directs everybody to is jesus christ mm -hmm. And accepting Jesus Christ into their into their hearts, and so that's the conviction of sin. Understanding that I'm a sinner, 
and I need Jesus Christ into my, in my heart because I, I need him as a savior of my life. And when I reject that, that's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And that's the only thing that will send you or I to hell. That's the only thing that would commit us to hell. And so now how does that play out in, when it, in regards to suicide? Well, suicide is, is a sin, but it's one sin amongst many. Because there's all kinds of sin. There's all adultery and fornication. The Bible talks about a lot of things. Anger, mm-hmm. wrath, and, and dirty talk. And, you know, there's all kinds of things that we can look at that would constitute sin, covetousness, and, and all that stuff. So the, the problem, I think, that a lot of times people have is that when somebody commits suicide... That's the final act where they don't have a, a chance to repent right before. Like, you know, maybe somebody does some other type of sin. I think you were talking about this. Um, somebody else, somebody does some type of sin and, and maybe they had an opportunity to repent right before they die. Uh, suicide, not so, not, not the case, maybe. But does that matter? Does that really matter? Well, I think that when, like the moment that we get saved, Jesus's blood covers our sins, past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. It's like done deal. It's if I sin right then, mm-hmm. it's forgiven. And, and Jesus talks about that. I mean, um, we look at the narrative in the Gospels when in the thief on the cross, he's like, "Hey, remember me when you get to paradise." And Jesus is like, "You're going to be with me today in paradise." It doesn't mm-hmm. matter that he's you know on a cross because he was a thief. It doesn't matter what he did in the past. Or in the future, that it's covered. He mm-hmm. believed in Jesus. He believed in his heart, confessed with his mouth, and um, that's what the Bible says: you'll be saved. And so, I think it's not necessarily like imagine you have a bad thought right before you get in a car accident and you die. You don't have a chance to repent from that. But we don't generally think that those people are going to hell because we don't know what those last moments of anyone's life yeah. holds. So I think that it's it's really presumptuous presumptuous of us to determine if someone's going to heaven or hell based on their last thing that they did. Yeah, and and if you look at that, that last thing that they did, does that really define somebody's life? No, I, well, in the case of Judas, uh, it, even for him, the suicide didn't define his life. His life was being defined because you, the Bible says that he was already taking money, he was doing things against the Lord, and he was rejecting him throughout those years that he was even with Jesus. And so... We see a pattern in his life, and that was just the the final thing that happened in a in a in a whole lifespan of sin and rejecting the, uh, Jesus as Lord over his life. So w- when you consider that, you know, suicide is not going to define a person's life, and so because it's just one act. So when you look at this idea of suicide, again, is a very hard subject to, to kind of think about and deal with and talk about. But that doesn't define somebody's life. Because why do, and I know that was a question that was asked, why do people commit suicide? Let's think about why do people come to that place where they think that they have to take a life? What are some of the things that maybe you guys can throw out there? I feel like... One of the most thought of reasons of why people would commit suicide is because, like I said before, is they think that there's no other alternative. They think that there's nothing they could do themselves, which is why the suicide is considered a selfish act. Is because you're thinking of yourself. You're thinking about how you can't take yourself out of the situation. You're not thinking about how God could do it. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you kill yourself, you're kind of basically saying, like, 
you, God, you can't do anything to help me with this situation, so I'm going to do it myself. Okay, so, so that, and that's one category, um, hopelessness, thinking that, hey, I don't have any other uh, options. What else? What are some other things? That- um, so about two years ago, someone close to my immediate family attempted suicide. Um, and I think it was more, it felt more on depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this person in my family, um, those of you that are close to me and the youth, you guys know who I'm speaking of. Um, just not that everything's been viral, I don't know if they would be okay with me sharing their names, um, but it doesn't matter. Uh, but this person was on medication. They had just gone through surgery, they had medication, and I feel the type of medication was messing with their, the way they were thinking, mm-hmm. and it led them to depression, and mm-hmm. they felt there was no other way. They, want, they lost both their parents, um, the person, and so when they were going through this depression, it was more of a, I want to be with my mom, I want to be with my dad. Mm-hmm. Like this world, like everything's just coming down, the pain, the depression, there was no way out, and so their only way out, they figured, would be to just end their life and mm-hmm. and be somewhere where they would be at peace, be without this pain. Yeah, and and you know you've known that person prior to all that, and I know that you talked to, about the situation before, and there was never any indication this wasn't this wasn't that person that this wasn't in that equation like you mentioned started taking medication because uh, it was a surgery or something. And so the uh, person had a surgery, taking medication, and all of a sudden, it just triggered something that surprised you, and I know others that, that knew that person, uh, because you didn't say, this defines this person, because I know them, and they would have done this. Uh, and so you were able to attribute it to this medication, which, if you ever watch those commercials, and they're saying, hey, you want to get rid of... Your back pain. Yeah, your back pain, arthritis. Here, take this medication, except that your hand's going to fall off and you're going to end up going through all these other symptoms and possibly you may end up having suicidal thoughts. And, and so those situations are very real. So we can't just categorize people into, and lump everybody into one category and say, well, if they take their life, that, that is just only because of this, because there's actually... A number of reasons. We draw out some of the reasons in Scripture, and we see, and there's other examples in Scripture. Um, you had mentioned even somebody that wanted to, that was contemplating suicide in Scripture. And so, I don't know if you want to pull that passage up, if you remember where it's at. It's in Jeremiah. Basically, what it said was, basically, mm-hmm. Jeremiah was like, saying, like, why do I exist? My life has no worth. And it was, he says this twice, mm-hmm. and he's basically just, like, thinking why he should be on the earth. So he's contemplating suicide. Yeah. That reminds me of Job, too, though. Job did the same thing. Yeah. Oh, it'd be better if I was never born, that's yeah. what he says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His wife is like, curse God and die. <laughs> yeah, his wife was Great wife. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of encouraging it a little bit. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, those are two examples that we see in, in the Bible. And the, you know, Jeremiah's situation is that he was was a prophet, but yet he was being persecuted. And he's like, man, forget this. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Uh, Job is suffering through some intense pain and the loss of loved ones and all kinds of things. And, you know, everything just collapses. He loses everything. And so here's two people that go through very difficult situations uh, that are contemplating this. So, so there could be a lot of reasons of, of why... Uh, somebody may contemplate suicide. Um, 
And so God's not going to define you by that one act. But I want to say to you that we're not saying that you have a license to commit that act. Because the Bible never advocates sin. Again, with the, he would categorize it as murder, categorize it as self-murder, as we talked about. It would categorize it as sin. And in Romans chapter 6, uh, verse 1, it says this, uh, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And what does it say? Certainly not. She, lo- she <laughs> loves that phrase. Certainly not. <laughs> so it mentions that. And, and then in verse 15, in verse 15 it says, What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. <laughs> so. Again, I love it. I love that because it's like it shows... Paul's like, no, there's no exceptions here. There's no excuses. It's, yeah. No, you don't continue sinning so that grace can continue as well. Yeah. So I'm covered. I'm covered. I'm good. No, you do not. Absolutely not. Yeah. And being able to say, well, it's okay. God will forgive me. I'll just repent after. I mean, how many times in not even talking about suicide, just about regular sins, just about other sins where people say, oh, I'll just ask God for forgiveness because they, and Paul addresses that. Shall we continue in sin that great? No, no, you're not. And shall we continue in sin because we're not under the law but under grace? Because God is gracious, does that mean I have a license to sin? No. So, because God is gracious, does that mean to have a license to be able to take my own life? Again. Yeah, certainly not. <laughs> that was your cue. <laughs> so, well, I wasn't sure. Sorry. But right after that, too, it says, How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Yeah. We're supposed to render that old man dead. And like yeah. that, that person's gone. Yeah. And so to go, we've talked about this with youth a ton of times. Like, would you go back to an, a dead corpse and pick it up and carry it around? No, of course, that's disgusting. But that's what we do. We look back at it and we're like, oh, and we, we go through this bargaining process with God. Like, okay, this is the last time I promise I won't do it anymore. I'm sorry. You know my heart. I love you. But, you know, I just want to slap you in the face real quick. And it's, that's not, that's not who we are to be as Christians. So, yeah. And so, and so the, the Bible never advocates and never gives us a license. And, and so, again, the question of, you know, can somebody still go to heaven? And, and the answer is yes. But... Can somebody end up in hell? Yes. We're not here to judge, and we, and we can't judge. Um, we look at what the Bible says when we look at somebody's life. We look at fruit in their life, and we can make an assessment in somebody's life and thinking that, hey, this person seems to be walking with the Lord. This person seems to be on fire with the Lord, and, and they may end up doing this act at the moment of their death and and it's unfortunate but again that's not going to define their their relationship with the lord um and so we can't tell because there's some people that look like they're walking with the lord but but ultimately reject just like judas nobody suspected him mm-hmm. think about that nobody suspected judas uh, he was with the other apostles and he walked and he did everything out everybody else did he in fact handled the money he was the treasurer and he did what he did. And so I, we can only assess as much as we can. But again, we can't fall into the habit of trying to define somebody's life by that one act. Uh, but the important thing is whether or not they've you know, committed their life to the Lord. And, and that's, the, that's the goal. And that's what's going to help determine their eternal destiny of where they're going to end up spending all eternity. And so that's a relationship between them and the Lord. So again, hopefully making it clear that the Bible never advocates and we're not justifying and we're not giving a license. The Bible doesn't give a license for that act. It's a, it's a horrible 
uh, act and, and we feel for anybody that has is having those thoughts and we're going to address that in a second um, so the Bible never advocates that but again um, it's it's something that we shouldn't entertain and and again that will lead us to you know what what do we do uh, in the cases where maybe somebody's contemplating that and again we might have listeners out there that are contemplating or maybe you know somebody that's that's contemplating this and, and so what do we do how can we help people through this and so maybe there's a non-believer yeah if if you have a friend that's a non-believer if well we, we talked about this as well like if you have a friend that's a believer we point them to jesus we point them back to the truth we get their eyes off their circumstances and back onto the lord because his he's sovereign ultimately and and if he's if you believe he's in control of your circumstances then you believe jeremiah twenty nine eleven that god works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose and so um he has good plans for us to give us a future and a hope and um so you point believers back to the lord but i think ultimately no matter if they're believer or non-believer it's important that you listen to them and that you don't interrupt them you don't insert your opinion you kind of listen to what they're they're going through and, and they're sharing and um the one thing i was kind of reading with the count like some counseling books is they were saying um don't the only thing you're allowed to disagree with really is the solution which they're in their mind their solu- the only solution is suicide and that's not the correct solution and so um and it's not up to us to offer alternative solutions either it's just listen to them as they talk and then um, assess the level of um, their seriousness almost like are, are you in immediate danger do you want to do this right now or like if they have a weapon if they've taken meds whatever and you kind of assess that level and then um, kind of talk them through okay well where are you what's going on who's with you and, and you kind of decide if, if that's something that you need to report or if that's something that you need to act on yourself like obviously if you're a teenager I don't want you to go to your friend's house and like try and stop them or anything I'm just saying like there's you, you would be telling a responsible adult um, or calling 911 or whatever it is that that person needs at that moment. But um, definitely listening to them, I would say, is the most important thing and kind of hearing them out. And don't um, minimize their circumstances at all. I think that's really important as well to not say like, oh, no, it can't really be that bad. Or, oh, no, like, I, I know this isn't as bad as you're making it sound because that doesn't help anybody. It just mm-hmm. kind of escalates the situation. And so, yeah. yeah. And you mentioned... If there's an immediate threat, whether to you or to somebody that you know, and it's you can sometimes know that's an immediate threat. Again, somebody has a gun, there are have pills. I remember a girl called me and she's like, I, I have pills in my hand. I'm, I'm going to take them right now. And I called 911. And I called 911, got the police over at the house, and they busted in through the door and they found her she had just taken all those pills they were able to rush her to the hospital and and have to go through all that whole process of pumping her stomach and doing everything they did um but saved her life that saved her life and being able to call 911 and um so it, sometimes you have to take those measures and so if the serious threat could be that if some again some of you are out there and you can call a few different hotlines i know those we had mentioned one. What was it? It was one eight hundred suicide. Which I don't remember the exact number, but the numbers that spell it suicide. Yeah. So one eight hundred suicide. I know that there's like a suicide prevention hotline. So there's all kinds of different uh, hotlines or, or organizations or whatever that you can call, so that you can get help through the situation. 
again, the important thing is that you know that this isn't the this isn't the end end all. This is there's other options. Um, what are some scriptures maybe that that they can if you get in a situation maybe it's not a serious threat where somebody's standing on you know the edge of a of a bridge and ready to jump or again holding a gun or doing something maybe there's um, a little bit less of a threat where somebody's just like man I've been so lonely I've been so depressed and you know I'm thinking about hurting myself or, or maybe they have hurt themselves in a little bit way uh, somewhat. What can they do? What are some scriptures maybe? So before we get into scriptures, just one thing. If someone confides in you that they're they're suicidal, um, and they tell you don't tell anybody, and you feel you don't want to lose that friendship, if you really care about that person, if you really love that person, then the number one thing to do is to tell someone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go to um, someone in authority. uh, Go to their parents. Call 911. Don't fear that you're going to lose that friendship, because if they take their life, you're going to lose that friendship. And that's that's even worse, right? And so... No, it doesn't matter about feelings and well, what if they, they told me not to. If you care about the person, act upon it. Mm-hmm. Tell somebody. Don't just leave it and think, well, they're over-exaggerating or they're going to get over it. Just mm-hmm. don't don't even assume that they're, they're going to be fine in about five or ten minutes. Okay. Yeah, and, and you don't, you're not the one to assess the threat level either. I was yeah. talking kind of earlier. I had a, an acquaintance in college who confided in me like that they um, were really dealing with having a hard time at school and personal life and all this stuff. And he, he was just saying like, I like, I want to kill all these people and then I want to kill myself. And I'm like, I don't know if he has a gun. I don't know what's going on, but that affects me. I'm scared. I'm scared for him. I don't know how to deal with this. So I talked to the residential director at the school and was like, Hey, this guy was saying some stuff. I don't know how serious it is, but maybe you can talk to him. Maybe get him counseling. And, um, and then when the, the friend or the guy found out that I had, you know, told someone else he was very mad at me mm-hmm. but ultimately it was you know it could, it could have been worse like so what he's mad at me and we, we talked through it eventually and he's like well I wasn't serious I'm like I don't care you don't say that to somebody unless you you intend to do something about it and so I said I'd rather protect you and, and the people around you than to mm-hmm. guess on the wrong side and, and end up yeah. in, a, in an even worse situation so yeah so again I'm glad you brought that up because if you're if you're unsure it's best to to let parents know somebody else that, that can help in that situation and you know a number of you guys are youth listening and and so you don't need to take that whole burden on again yeah. there's no such thing as as confidentiality when it comes to these subjects so somebody comes and confides in you and something of this magnitude uh, don't be pressured into thinking that you can't say anything because you should for whatever reason understand that the lord has allowed you to hear it so that you can say something that you can be a voice of reason in their life and if you don't know who to tell like obviously don't go tell your peers that's that's gossip but do talk to someone who can actually has the power to do something about mm-hmm. it if you don't want to deal about like deal with it come talk to us mm-hmm. text us email a leader whatever however you want to get a hold of us and we'll we'll deal with it from there so you guys don't need to worry about yeah. doing that yourself yeah so so a couple of scriptures <clears throat> before we close off here maybe uh, Give them some scriptures and things to share. I had mentioned non-believers, and so uh, maybe this can be shared with non-believer or believer. Again, with a believer, you're reminding them that they have a value, that they have a worth. Uh, the, the Bible says that that we were created in the image of God. And it's, uh, it's one of the questions had been, you know, how does God view this? And, and He views it as sin because He, in just in Genesis chapter one verse twenty six, it says that He created us in His image according to His likeness. 
in chapter 2 of Genesis says that he breathed into our, uh, to Adam's nostrils the breath of life and made him a special creation. And so God doesn't take that lightly. God honors uh, us and, and loves us. And in fact, he sends his son to die for us because he loves the world so much. And so we don't have the right to take into our own hands, destroying our own lives. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I believe in verse 20, it says that that we're not our own, we're bought at a price. And so therefore glorify God in, in our bodies. And so that's our obligation is to glorify God in our bodies. And so those are some of the things that we're able to share with, especially believers and understanding that, that God has purpose and uh, we are made in his image and that our bodies are not our own, we're bought at a price and we need to honor God with that. So with that said, you know, what are some scriptures maybe that can, that can give a hope and understanding and help people through uh, what they're experiencing. So a couple of scriptures. Well, I know we mentioned Psalms 139 before we came in here. Yeah, he mentioned Psalms 139, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, so let's say. Get that one. It was talking about how God knit me in the womb, right? Yeah. So it's like God Because <laughs> there's so many scriptures right here. Um, it, so it's basically talking about how God created you specifically in the womb. He knit you together with his own hands. So like God has a purpose for you if he took the time to make you a special creation. So why would you like stop the plan he has for you by taking your life. <laughs> yeah, so some of your questions were, why do people commit suicide, and how does God feel about suicide? And like Christian just stated, God created you. He knew you when you were in the womb. God loves you. So of course it's going to break his heart, right? So how does God feel about it? He's not pleased with it. Um, and even when we talked about Judas, Jesus gave Judas every opportunity he can have prior to the decision he made because Jesus loved him, because Jesus knew what, was he, what he was going to do, but Judas still went about and did it himself. Mm-hmm. And so how does, how does God feel about it? God, it, it pains him. It kills him. We are a special creation, as Christian just said. Um, and then, so, when people that are contemplating suicide, again, why do they commit suicide? Because of depression, because um, of trends. I know we said because of technology. There are certain trends that are out there. I know there were some challenges of eating certain things or holding your breath, just different stupid activities that youth were doing, and that, those resulted in, in accidental suicides. Um, but again, depression and people just feeling unsure of, of themselves, of the hope that they have. And so Romans 8, 18 comes to mind, and Romans 8, uh, 28 and 29, uh, which say, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And then 28 and 29 say, And we knew that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are uh, the called according to His purpose, for whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn uh, among many brethren. So again, we're we're going through hard times, and those that are contemplating suicide, they feel like that's the end of the road and there's no more. But we have to give them scriptures like this that are words of encouragement that, yeah, in this present time, we're going to go through hard times. We're going to struggle. There's going to be uh, just just trials that we're going through. Mm-hmm. But this says to um, to know that all things work together for good for those um, who love God, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and yeah. then another one that we, we talked about um, when we were visiting some of the seniors is First uh, Peter 5. Oh. Um and that kind of was brought to my mind as well. Um, verse 7 through 10 says, Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. 
But may the God of all grace, who has called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. And then that also brings to mind John 16, 33, where Jesus is talking and he says, um, In this world. I, well, yeah, I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace. He mm-hmm. says, in the world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Mm-hmm. And so we're conquerors in Christ, and he promises we're going to have suffering. That's part yeah. of life, but he also promises he's going to be with us through that suffering and that He's not going to let us go through it alone. Yeah, and, and maybe the last scripture to share with you is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, mm-hmm. No temptation is overtaking such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with that temptation will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And, and we go through difficult situations. We're not minimizing anything that you guys might be going through and, and that anybody will go through in the future. And so some of these situations are very difficult, and sometimes it leads us to a sense of hopelessness. But but understand that, that God is there, as you mentioned. He doesn't leave us or forsake us, and, and nor does he bring something in our life that, that's too much for us to, to handle in the sense of that, as it says here, that he makes a way of escape so that we can bear it. And so there's always a way that's a way out that's other than having to take matters into my own hands. and. And so that's what the Bible promises. And again, uh, we're not minimizing any situation. It's again, for some of you out there, you may be going through certain situations. As we mentioned, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, please do not make any of those decisions uh, before talking to somebody. And let's, let's talk through it and see how we can help you. Uh, because we are doing this discussion because we want <coughs> you to be helped. We want we don't want you to fall to the enemy. The enemy wants to destroy what God uh, created and what he wants to do in your life and my life. And and there's something better for you. There's hope in Jesus Christ. And and if you would just realize that and embrace that and understand that uh, that God can do something greater than, than what my end result and outcome and, and thought process would be. And so, uh, again, you can call here at the church, 714-446-6222. Uh, you can call the church. You can uh, send us an email at what info? Info at calvaryLH.org. calvaryLH.org. Uh, we'll get those uh, emails or let a parent know, let somebody in authority know. As we mentioned, there's some hotlines, all that stuff. And so there's a lot of resources out there. There's a lot of help uh, for you to be able to deal with. All right. So I'm glad you guys were able to join us, and thank you guys for uh, discussing this very difficult subject uh, as we've uh, been with you. And so um, understand that God loves you. And so we're going to pray right now, and uh, we'll be signing off in a second. Uh, Father God, we just come before you, Lord, and we thank you once again for this uh, time that we've had. And we just ask that you would bless each and every person uh, that is listening in here and whatever circumstances they may be going through. Father, just... We know that you are the the only real hope that any of us have. And so may we turn to you in times of fear, in times of distress, in times of depression, in times of hopelessness, in times where we feel that there's no other out, there's no other option. May we understand that that's a lie of our own flesh, it's a lie of the enemy, but that, that there is so much hope in you. Father, just may you protect our lives and and if we are in a situation where we get faced with this from uh, somebody confiding in us, may you give us wisdom in that situation to be able to communicate 
uh, those things that are right. Maybe may you take away the fear uh, that that may come uh, come over us, Lord, because we don't know how to respond. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. Uh, may you just give us clarity of mind and heart to be able to to face the situation and be able to to make some wise decisions. Father, just may we not be afraid, Lord, of consequences in the sense of of others getting upset at us and mad because we've disclosed their personal uh, their personal things that they've confided in us and understand that we're not doing it to gossip, but we sometimes tell authority to, to help to save a life, Lord. And, and so may you just give us wisdom in all those things. We thank you so much for all that you do. I ask you to go before us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So as you heard from Jay there at the end of that discussion, there are a lot of resources out there um, for you to get in contact with both us at the church, us uh, as high school leaders. Um, Please feel free to reach out. Uh, Reach out if you know of a situation uh, related to suicide, if you are in a situation related to that. You know, please do not keep that to yourself. Uh, We want to to come alongside all of you guys who are listening in. We want to um, hopefully bring some truth into those situations and, and the love of God into those situations. And so if you guys need to get in contact with us, in addition to all of the venues that Jay mentioned, uh, you can also get in contact with us on Instagram at committed youth is where you can find us on there, or you can send us an email. Uh, our email address for the podcast is committed at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you. You know, any feedback you may have on our episodes or any suggestions you may have uh, for future episodes uh, we'd love to hear any questions as well we would love to hear from you guys and we want to to be here for all of you so if you want to get in contact with us you can get in contact with us that way but until we hear from you or until we see you again we want to say from all of us here at committed youth god bless and goodbye